I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Betty Boots, Betty Betty Boots. Betty Burda Boom, Betty Betty Boots. Betty Boop Boop, Betty Betty Boots. Betty Boop Boop, Betty Betty Boop. Betty 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 Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we try and come, come up, up with, with five, five sketch, sketch ideas. You'd think, like it's 89 episodes, you'd think we'd get better at that. Really? I, I would think that we're constantly trying to mix it up and, <laughs> and keep it fresh and original. That's true. We are, we are constantly reinventing a way in which to do that unsatisfactorily. Yeah, and I like that. I think there's some satisfaction in doing something really unsatisfactorily on purpose. Mm, and I think, I think like... Much as it's impressive to see an artist who is who is so talented, you know, like like let's say the Beatles. Yeah. Pick an example at, at random. So okay, so they're they're good, are they? They're good. Okay, but great. Let's, well, let's accept that they were good. I don't want to get into the debate, Alistair. I know sure. you love to have this debate whether or not they're good. Yeah. Let's accept, accept that they're good, and you know, it was very exciting to see over the course of the career them constantly finding new ways to explore their enormous talent. Yeah. But I think you know, if you're not good. Which I, you know, I'm happy to accept that I am. Sure. I think it, it. Hopefully, it's still satisfying for people to see the ways in which I push myself to fail well, in, in in different, you know. But there's also forms. See, getting to see uh, talented people fail is a good thing. Like, okay, so an example yes. is in the song in the Radiohead song "Creep," right? Sure. So apparently, you know that that part. No, but good. No, you know, like so. So it's with the guitar, and it goes like. Uh, and and there's a part with the guitar, and that's the part that like that we all freak out about. And, and anyway, the guy with the guitar goes like that. Anyway, apparently the guitarist was trying to fuck up the song because he didn't want he he wanted to do a new take or something, did he? Or like I think maybe he or just he was just a maybe, maybe that no, I think maybe the song was like was this was the song that kind of like was skyrocketing rocking them uh, rocketing them, and and I mean I don't know if they had already written it. That seems weird to that. Anyway, I think. I don't know exactly what the story is. I thought I heard. <laughs> I thought I heard that he was trying to fuck up the song, and that, oh, and he just and then, made it. And then that became everybody's favorite bit of the song. Oh wow! See, I've only I've never listened to the original. I only exclusively listened to like ukulele covers done by people on YouTube. Of course, which I I think of as the they, definitive way to consume. I would have I would feel that probably culture. a lot of those people would make a, an effort to put in that bit of the song that you don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you were saying that you love, you love when people, to see people try to fail. Uh, you know, I'm saying this, I'm saying that surely you would, surely it's just as like, if, 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 if seeing people, uh, do good things in new ways mm. is satisfying, yeah. right? Then that same unit of thing that gives you the satisfaction, which is the seeing the things done in new ways yep. would be equally satisfying if it was a bad person. Who doesn't know how to do something, doing things in new ways? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, I mean, there. Are... 
I, but but you know, but then there's there's still the the variable of there's things that you enjoy and there's things that you don't enjoy. Sure, sure. But if we can take that out as like a baseline, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because because. Okay, so okay. so if t- if in everybody world... enjoys good things, Alistair, yep. there's nothing exciting about seeing a good thing. Obviously, you enjoy things that are good, yeah. right? And obviously, you don't enjoy things that are bad. Well, but a bad thing done in a new way is exactly as an increment more enjoyable as a a good thing done in a new way, right? And so... <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And so... <laughs> that's just mathematics, okay, yeah, Alistair. Course, yeah, yeah. Okay, if there's a baseline of enjoyment, we subtract yeah. that and we normalise it down to, like, everything, we enjoy everything the same amount. If you can just ig- ignore the fact that you already enjoy good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, I am. I'm Take it for granted. Yeah, we know yeah. that, right? And that we don't enjoy bad things. Okay. Now, let's just treat everything as the same. Okay. Now, surely, the little bit more enjoyment that you get out of seeing a good thing done in a new way will be the same as seeing a bad thing done in a new way. Okay, and therefore, the, what's the point in having good things? Let's just do bad <laughs> things in new ways and enjoy the differential, the excitement of the novelty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I do already enjoy that. Oh, great. Yeah, I, think I, love, I love novelty. <laughs> well, do you like being shouted at, Alistair? Oh, I like that too. I oh, think you good. were doing this in a, in a sort of new, good way. Oh. Maybe. So unfortunately, you kind of... Uh, I failed to illustrate my own point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there a sketch in this? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Is it... uh, Okay. um, Well, I mean, you you could think of uh, an academy, you know, which which takes... uh, like, like, Like the Australian Institute of Sport for example, right, which, which is selective entry and takes only the best young people to train them to compete on the world stage, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but if there was a, um, an institute like that for people who, who aren't good and, you know, helping them to push and find their new, a new way to express their lack of talent. Okay, yeah. And so we're not... We're not making any judgments on how they decide what is good and what is bad that's that's not important in this i don't think so okay no. but we just everybody agrees that whatever they're doing is bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah and and so what it, it's just it's just that, that like why is there a why do selective entry a- academies mm. only accept people who are good you know why can't there be a selective entry academy that uh, that that ignores the people who are good, accepts the people that are crap at something, yeah, yeah and yeah. just helps them to push themselves. Well, in to many, continue being crap. In many ways, there are there are sort of uh, <laughs> classes for people who are underperforming in that, schools. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I don't know, I'd like to just conveniently ignore that as well, if that's possible. <laughs> I think. Look, I think. <laughs> I think there's a there's there's a lot, yeah. I think there's it, it's very good to ignore all the flaws. All the in flaws, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is a thing for people who are excelling at being bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in something, uh, maybe they're getting a lot of other people who are bad yes. at, at at art or whatever yes. it is, uh, coming to their shows, and and then they're like, look. I mean, is that too much success already? Uh, well, well, I think, I think, I think if they've got a lot of attention, maybe from from their 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 oh. litany of failures, like the people, like, like people a, gathering around to look at a look at a horrible car crash, sort of like things like the room, or or like you know, like there's yeah. always the shows at at Edinburgh Fringe that get the like a zero star review right. or a one star review, and so it's like a 
uh, people who are excelling in that regard that are yes. making something so bad that it attracts people because it, it exactly and and maybe maybe they're not getting zero stars maybe they're getting one star yeah. right and and we've seen now that a film like the room which yeah. is you know universally regarded to be the worst movie ever made mm. right if it had just been the fifth or sixth worst movie ever made yeah. maybe it wouldn't have got that attention but maybe if we can find those people who are making the fifth the sixth the seventh worst movie ever made yeah and if they're in australia we can find them and we can take them and we can in you know, we can help them to be the, the, be, worst, the worst movie. You know, why yeah. why couldn't the room be made in Australia today? Yeah, I well, put it to you because it's because we we don't recognise lack of talent. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that's right. And and also, you would want to get people who are the first, you know, or who are the worst. Mm. Sorry, you know, the wor- the first of the worst. Yes. Um, to also get them into your class so that they don't almost like a kind of X Men Professor Xavier thing. So that you want them to harness that that mm. talent that they have, mm. so they don't lose their voice. Yes, because you know, like you know, once this attention comes to them, they're gonna they're gonna try and start doing things in a different way, trying to harness it, and then they're gonna overthink it, which is not what got them here. No, exactly, thinking isn't what got you into this place in the first place. Now I feel a slightly like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I I I, I could be wrong. Could just be echoes of of of. of of an alternative reality. Great. Let's hope that that's what it is. Okay. Well, then I think that's like the the the, the academy of failure. I think is 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 a is a sketch idea. Okay. Right. And and I think I think now that we've chosen film, now I think that's I think you know, um, and look, Australia make we make bad films. You yeah. Know? It's just that they're not bad enough to to crack the U.S. market. You know. But, There's also a lot but, of, but in a way, where where this this school is attacking success through a different is through the other yeah, angle, right? Yeah. So in the end, you're still trying to get people to excel, obviously. But it's through it's through uh, a whole other it's a it's a new aesthetic mm. that that is that is awful and has to feel authentically awful. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that it, that's that's interesting. It, it is about honesty and it is about getting people to to harness. What it is about them that makes them bad at making films? Yeah, like w- people, people can feel if you're trying to fake incompetence. I think so. Mm. Yeah, and uh, have we? And I don't know if we've said this on the podcast before, but <laughs> referring to somebody as the Mozart of not being able to play the piano. Let's see. Yeah, that's good. I like that. He's like the Mozart of. Uh, he's kind of like the. Uh, the Nabokov of illiteracy. <laughs> is, is Nabokov a writer? Was, yeah, it, was Nabokov Lolita? Yeah, Lolita. Lolita. Yeah. I always get him confused with there was a dancer. Nabokov? Maybe it's Nabokov, not Nabokov. I can't remember now. I, I, that's, that's quite all right. Yeah. I'll tell you who else I always get confused. If you can tell me one difference between Jane Goodall and Jane Campion, I'll give you $1,000 right now. Well, I guess one of them... Uh, Jane Campion, yes, in my mind never existed. So wow. that's one difference. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that, 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 then I'll give you. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Thank you very much, Andy. <laughs> that would actually really help right now. I'm trying to save up for my child's uh, man. College. I, I really thought I was on a safe one with that, Alistair. No, but you uh, got but me. Turns out there was at least one major difference. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that. Um, 
that you could consider the properties of another person, like you know, let's say your properties, mm. you as a person, yes, that some of your properties live within me, um, because they are perceived by you. Is that what you mean? Like, like the well, properties? Of... Well, one like one property of you is that I know you. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so that's that's a property of yours. You know, and uh, but you know, but it lives within me. You see. Uh, one property of you is, you know, is uh, the calls you go to. That That is really interesting. So, like, when you play that game Celebrity Heads and you stick a person's name on your forehead. Yeah. Right? Like, one of the questions you might ask to help identify that person is, do I like them? Yeah. Right? Mm. Am I a fan of them? Yeah. And then, and then that's interesting that that is one of their defining features that can be used to identify them. Yeah. And I don't know if we should include this maybe on the Wikipedia entry or something like that. Um, yeah, like like down there, there should be people who like them or people who know who they are. I think that once you reach a certain level of fame mm. where you're known by enough people, the you that exists, like just by sheer volume, there would be more things about you in other people than there are in you, right? And therefore... I mean, you you aren't really you, right? You're yeah. you're in all these other people in their in the characteristics that they perceive. Sure, yeah. And then if a nuclear bomb goes off in an area where you're really popular, yes, right. Then there's a huge part of you that dies, yeah, because it's the like the world awareness of you, and that affects uh, who you are, and also probably some of your income stream, <laughs> <laughs> which affects you even again. Yeah, which is yeah. And um, one of your characteristics being your income stream. Yeah. <laughs> I is, think a yeah. Wikipedia... I mean, they, they, they actively fight to make Wikipedia not this, yeah. right? But a Wikipedia that was based entirely on what people think of people is... <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I mean, there are people uh, that, that we're sort of, you know, half connected to that are trying to create like a... A Wikipedia of, you know, like you write recommendations for people. What's it called? Karma. 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 It's yes. a startup. You can yes. check it out online and where you, it's like a, it's like a, a review site for human humanity. For, hum, for humanity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I guess in that, that's got an element of this because yep. it's like, you can, you can just go, this is what I think about this person like that. And then you would have, and I guess any person like, you know, let's say, Julia Roberts, mm. you know, she would have millions and millions of them of little reviews, little one-line reviews yeah. of people from people who go, "I know who she is. I liked her lips in yeah. this movie," <laughs> you know, like that, or you know, oh, she. I wish she would have dated me when I was thirteen, which would yeah. have been weird. Yeah, anyway. but like the, the, these are these are unfortunately, those are her, her defining characteristics. Some of them, yeah, mm. some of them. I don't know if they could be used to identify a dead body, you know? They, they, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess if you bring the people who know the person to a dead body... Yeah, right, so like you... we bring like 10,000 fans are called to identify the corpse of a dead celebrity or well, something? Well, actually, that, that is a thing that they use to identify a person because they go... <laughs> They go. They they have the dead body, and then they bring somebody who they yeah. think has the a who property knows them. who knows them. And you go, is this does this match up with the information that's yeah. in your head? And you go, yeah, yeah. You know, Thank you very much. You can go now. Would you like some time alone? 
but 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 is like is it is it <laughs> horrible obviously but say we have a dead celebrity yeah is getting all their fan base to come and help identify the body is that <laughs> in any way comedy <laughs> let's see <sighs> like you know okay what about a, if it's not their entire fan base, yeah, someone who knows them better than anyone, and it's like a crazed stalker, getting them to help identify the body. I mean, look, this sounds like the premise of a movie that, like, like that maybe that, there's that a somebody's sol- been murdered, and their crazed stalker is investigating their murder, or or like the crazed stalker is the closest person to them in their life. Yeah. You know? Like, like I don't know, maybe because of their fame, they were very alone. Yeah. And so their cl- closest stalker is the person that knows them the best. I think that is interesting. I mean, and is that kind of a little bit touches on misery territory, that movie Misery, where um, the author Ooh. crashes their car and they wind up in the house of yeah. Kathy Bates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is but but this is more of a buddy film. This is more of a buddy <laughs> film. Well, well, I mean, the celebrity has died. Oh right, yeah, sorry, the celebrity I has died, and then the only the only person helping investigate the case is their biggest is their biggest fan is like helping out the cops with like, well, yeah. where were they that day? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's really quite interesting, and I would I if if we if it's not. Hilarious, which it could be. I guess it could. be, I think yeah. it'd be a very compelling film. Mm. I think. I think. And even. And even if, like, 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 they they take it upon themselves to investigate this, this yeah. death. Yeah. Okay. So now, is there a twist on this that makes it funnier? Mm. Well, I mean, there's the the element of. I mean, we we could play with a lot of celebrity stuff where maybe this person was famous, right? And then they had a fall from grace or like they, they, they slipped from the public eye, yeah. right? And now they have this one fan who still cares about them, basically, mm. but nobody else does. Yeah. And like like even, the, you know, the, the police investigating are like, oh, yeah, jeez, those late films of his were real, real bad. Yeah, yeah, so it could be like a kind of like a Jerry Lewis type character yeah i mean like for some reason i think it's it's sadder if the person who dies is a woman i think obviously is it, yeah and so <laughs> I mean, nobody questions that it's sadder when women die yeah. than when men die <laughs> which is you know which is an awful s- sexism of the world but uh yeah. but you know it's i think i think look i hope i don't i don't feel like i'm getting in trouble by saying that's what i feel well yeah and 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 also like it's I hope this isn't a horrible sexist thing to say, but men probably do deserve to die more, just as a rule. Yeah. Than, I think th- even if not for their personal failings, then as sort of some kind of karmic retribution for the historical failures of us as a gender. Great. You see? Yeah. There we go. So, you know, and, 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 you know, people should be held responsible for the things that people that are a little bit like them do. Yes. Um, well... Quite possibly. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. But I... Uh, okay. So, and the the fan could either be female or male. If it's a comedy star, I think for some reason it's funnier because then throughout the film you can... You yeah. Can, you can sort of have... Uh, you know, I don't know how you're reliving 
bringing you know having flashbacks to this person, but maybe a lot of pratfalls. Yeah, well, uh, like maybe as their body, their corpse falls out of the back of uh, the hearse and that sort of thing. Like they, you know, in a way, they're still they still got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm wearing. Uh... So like 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 we make up a character. He was like he was the biggest star of his generation, you yeah. know, and that you know, and that lasted for like five years. And then, you know, maybe like a lot of the, the impersonations that he did were kind of racist or something like that. And then the world moved on. Oh, how about it's, it's a kind of Buster Keaton type scenario because he really like disappeared. Yeah. After yeah. once talkies came in. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we're going to set this back in the back in the time of those days. I mean, it is it, it'd be fun to make a period piece. Yeah. But um, uh, I guess I guess a, a, a modern day parallel would be a Vine star. Yeah. <laughs> and then Vine. I think, I think Buster Keaton would appreciate that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I think if Buster Keaton had been, you know, a young vaudevillian in, uh, in sort of 2013, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been into Vine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when Vine disappeared. He uh, probably would have become off. an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. Quite caught up in his own sort of regret. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the whole thing. Would have uh, repeated itself. Um, here's here's a here's a weird, here's a thing that's sort of unrelated. Yeah, but not entirely. Um, do you think that, like, say there was a pan galactic alien civilization, right? Yeah, they would make sort of gross generalizations that about everyone who lives in the Milky Way or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that is typical <laughs> of the. <laughs> That yeah, which at the moment we we know no patterns whatsoever about people in the Milky Way because yeah. not only have we not seen anybody in the Milky Way, yeah, like or, or yeah, not only have we not seen anybody from any other galaxy, mm. but we've not even seen anybody else from any other planet. Yeah. So even outside, even within our own solar system, we've not met anybody else to see whether there's any likeliness, a likeness to us at all. We haven't been able to find individual. Lo- uh, uh, you know, ecosystems, individual alien intelligences, mm. let alone enough on sufficient planets to form some kind of sweeping generalization about their ability to drive or <laughs> <laughs> the kinds of, you know, the kinds of jobs that they would have mm. if they moved into our neighborhood. Well, that's it. Because already, like, at that point, they would, if, if you're sort of a pan galactic mm. alien civilization, you may, if and if you've been around for, I guess, thousands or uh, you know, thousands of years, possibly millions of years, mm-hmm. um, you would sort of get to know the kind of civilizations that actually make it to meeting other pangalactics. Sure, you sure. Know? And so you would, you would, you would know civilizations as ah, no, they're just a, they're a bunch of like burnouts, you know, like which is a civilization that kind of gets to a point and then just kind of destroys itself, or yeah. you know, destroys all the resources on their planet, or they make their planet uninhabitable, yeah. or you know, or or or, or the, you know, I guess that would sort of be one, like you know, maybe all all they, like they could write off all all of um, the Milky Way as just yeah. burnouts, burnouts. They're all oh, a bunch of burnouts. They don't they don't have the Milky motivation. Way. It's a galaxy full of burnouts. Yeah, like they're you know the. The Milky no Way. self-control. They're the Gen Ys of yeah. of, of the universe. Where we pro- we 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 are though. We Man. seem to be. Yeah. I mean, we actually have Gen Ys on our planet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I hate to generalize to say that everyone on the planet is Gen Y. Yeah, I mean, and and I don't think it's unfair for me to say that I am kind of pretty disappointed with uh, 
all other sort of civilizations on the Milky Way in that mm. they haven't achieved the ability to come and find us yet. Exactly. I mean, I like. I think we're. I think we're young enough as a civilization to not have achieved this yet, mm. right? But but other ones that you know, so they have red dwarf stars. Clearly, their star has been there for at least another what like. Two, three hundred thousand yeah. years, and they still haven't come and found us. And uh, might I say that is c- typical of Gen Y mm. that they are just the introverted, self obsessed. They sit around, mm. probably looking at their phones, and they're not interested in connecting with you know other other planets. Yeah, and and look, and I think that that's definitely a thing that that, that this pan galactic like uh, alien civilization would look down upon is civilizations mm. that just take have taken way too long to get. To get good, oh yeah, you know because there, you know, like you, you would be proud. You go, we we went from you know single celled organism to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to pan galactic uh, energy know, based life form, energy based life form within about seven thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> and how did I do that? I worked hard. Yeah, yeah, we right? we cared. worked we worked hard. We mm. wanted it. Okay, we we created a system early on. It's all about structure. You know it's how we about... did it? No safety net. Yeah. No welfare. Absolutely, everybody. <laughs> No, we we just let those people die. Everybody who couldn't find a job, everybody who's you know down on their luck, yeah, dead, 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 dead. Then that way they weren't using up our resources, and that's how we had enough resources on our planet. Mm. I wonder whether that's a, that's a thing. Like you, you could actually have a calculation of how, like you could, you know, let's say these these aliens can scan a planet. They can go look. They've got roughly this much iron, this much carbon, this yeah. much whatever. They've, you know, or, or or this much energy on their planet that they, they that mm. is potentially usable, mm. and they go, well, you need to develop at this particular pace in order to get off your planet and survive intergalactically, or else, uh, no, you guys aren't going to make it. And so they could just come here and they just go, uh, hi, we're just here to tell you that you guys are never going to make it. Anyway, oh, yeah. see you later, <laughs> like that. Like a real taunting pan-galactic uh, alien civilization. Yeah, well, um, there is a uh, there is a in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There is a guy who travels, who, who wants to, who's an immortal for the spaceship, whose society wants to insult every intelligent <clears throat> creature that's ever lived throughout the entirety of time and space. Yeah, um, so it just travels around in alphabetical order. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well, I guess that's the best way to do it. I mean, it would be so sad as an immortal to get to Zed and finishing off Zed, and then you're like, well, I've done it now. Yeah. Uh, I guess I better get a new project. <laughs> now I want to compliment every civilization. But do you think there's, I think there's something in, like, I mean, I don't know if it's a sketch, there's a, maybe a story in an alien civilization that is pan galactic hmm. that uh, knows that a, Based off of their calculations, their modeling on how uh, civilizations get mm. to being pan-galactic and all mm. that kind of stuff, uh, that just comes to a planet and just lets them know that they're never going to make it. Well, I, I think I think I think that is good, and I think the comic premise is that is, on that is the flip of that. Like, there's an important, you know, I, whenever aliens contact us, there's an important message they want to tell us. Mm. You know, is it the secret of immortality? Is it you know? Um, the importance of world peace or something like that. What if and they've just shown up and they're just like, yeah, thumbs down. You're not going to make it. Just letting you know you don't have what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wonder if when we heard that, do you think that we'd be happier? Like, like maybe as a species we could just relax and be like, it's okay. It's not for us. You know, like we're not meant to reach mm. out 
beyond our sphere of influence, you yeah. know? Like, we'd just be happy here and we'll just sort of fizzle out. But, like, if we won't have that pressure, that constant pressure yeah. of, like, oh, we better get off the planet. We better, I think it's, know. like, the next level of finding out you're going to die. Because, I mean, like, there's your... So, you know, you find out you're going to die and you're like, well, everything that I do in the end will, you know, there's no save game, so it'll all kind of just end. Yeah. Like that. And then, But then you think well, at least we're all building towards something. Mm. You know, We're all building towards something that will maybe potentially continue for, for eternity. Mm. But then when they come and they say, this won't continue for all of yeah. eternity and you guys will fizzle out, you go, wow, you just took away the second layer of, like the only layer yeah. of comfort I had left there. And you go, all right, well, I have, guess I have to accept a true, true death, a true mm. ultimate death. <laughs> <laughs> Not only will you die, but but really everything that comes from you, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, there's not there's not even there's never gonna be a memory of you mm. in the future. Mm. Everything is going to burn. Mm. It's gonna burn down and Which I guess we already knew eventually, but we sort of thought that maybe there was but no, yeah, there's but nothing. Like no. no, but like you know, there's you know, there's still a possibility in sure, your mind that, that we you, could that, find a way to reverse entropy or 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 even like that there's a that there's a, a next like there's a there's a a universe behind the universe, right? You know, like like right. that there's, you know, I don't, I don't know where you, you know you hear weirdos with conspiracy theories. I think it, like who's the guy who wrote the in, the Invincibles? He's like this Scottish guy. I think he he wrote for Batman for a lot. I can't remember what his Frank name Miller? is. No, Frank Miller? No, he's the other one. Anyway, Alan Moore. No. Oh, those are the, those are the two. Yeah, those are the no. There's there's another one with anyway. my surface level knowledge of yeah. graphic novels. Bald head. Anyway, and he talks about like having, you know, having seen these multi-dimensional creatures that are like long, like caterpillars kind of thing, because you have their their length comes from the passage of time, right? You know, like right. that. So they, you know, they kind of have that fourth dimension oh, in terms like of in time. Donnie Darko. Yeah, I guess a bit like in Donnie Darko, and so there's there's that, uh, and so you know, the idea that there would be living organisms that live within other mm, di- di- mm. dimensions that we can't even access like that. And you go, at some point, maybe they'll pull us out of this yeah, one. Yeah, I guess That's you know, not going to happen. That's not going to, you know, finding out that this alien civilization yeah. comes, that this, and t- they tell you, like, sorry, I just want to, I think you, you just need to accept this. You need to quell. Uh, It'd be quite nice if they came and told us that, like, before we spend all this money on trying to get to Mars or something. Like, that would actually be, like, a useful piece of information for them to come down. Oh, say, yeah. Don't. Don't waste your time, absolutely. Because you don't got it, kid. Like, like, yeah. like, like moving to LA to try and pursue acting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. You're not gonna. No, make they it. got it, or you ain't, and yeah. you ain't a young boxer, a young yeah. boxer who could just <laughs> save ten years on his life and, and like so much like punches to the head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just go. I'm sorry, kid. You just ain't got it. Look at look. This is what you're you're dealing with, and you. You should be ten years ahead of where you are at your age. Already. Yeah, uh, that would be good if they came down to our planet and they brought a couple of examples of like species or like humanoids or like animals that that have got what it takes, and mm. they could just bring them out and say, "See, look at Xanthor here." Okay? Yeah, see Xanthor. Okay, his species has only really been out of the oceans for about ten thousand years. Okay, Whoa. and they've already developed a sort of a pan galactic communications network. Um, yeah. They're interacting with other species. They've done all of this. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Based on an entirely renewable economy. And like, I, yeah, just, yeah, I think yeah. you just need to look and see, see this is the kind of species that makes it. Yeah. Okay. And just have a good think about you and like what you really do you because I, I think you deep down you probably know that it's not for you oh, you're, you you're not convinced that, okay over here is uh Elastan and he <laughs> uh his 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 creature they're they're a uh they're sort of just a floating head uh thing mm. they 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 float using quantum locking mm. uh, they also have an inner do you guys uh, know about quantum locking um oh i think i saw once i think i saw a guy do a youtube video uh yeah, of that okay. on the, no no well, we, well they're beyond quantum they're beyond youtube videos because yeah. they're they just use it in there anyway he uh, they also have quantum entanglement uh, communication in their mm. in, b- mm. built into their brains so and so they can, is they can really only a projection of him into this uh three <laughs> dimensions which by the way amazing that that's all that you can perceive <laughs> anyway so uh we just wanted to let you guys know that uh there's no hope for you guys and you could just save a lot of time by just trying to at least enjoy your years uh yeah. while you're here um and, and uh, might i go- say uh the water slide that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, that looks well a lot done. Of fun. And yeah. I would say probably the peak of what you've achieved. And if you just stop there, that's great. And I would you say, should be happy with that. I would say more of that. Yeah. More of Focus that. Focus on that. Yeah. You go have fun on that. Yeah, yeah. Look, a lot of, you know, uh, you know, uh, Ellen Thor's uh yeah. planet they would love a water slide. But you know yeah. what? They're they're too busy uh, you know, populating the entire universe and the other universes. Mm. But Anyway, um, oh, by the way, I was just wondering if maybe would you guys be able to help us get off our planet? <laughs> uh, good one. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, uh, so thanks a lot for, uh, you know, for listening. Uh, we're going to be off now. And uh, good luck and uh, enjoy it while you got it. Us, them helping us to get off the our planet would be like, you know, asking a boot to help some dog shit get off the pavement. You know? Yeah. Like what what's in it for the boot? Yeah. I mean it I guess in a way it's more like a dog shit asking a boot to take it off the pavement. Isn't that what I said? Oh, is that what you said? Yeah. Oh wow. There you go. <laughs> I guess I thought you said it was the boot asking a dog shit to take it off the pavement. Well, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been that would have been. Imagine that if you were a piece of dog shit and you stepped in a boot. Oh. <laughs> okay, alternative universe. People are dog shit. Humans are on the pavement. Dog shit out humans, but humans are made of dog shit. Real human. There's houses. Uh, this this feels like it feels like you know during the nineties when they could they would make they would make sort of very kind of weird high concept kids cartoons uh, no not even kids cartoons like like sitcoms there was like dinosaurs and there was third third rock from the sun yeah different things like that right and and what, there was one was like a a talking baby um, I think maybe that was in the two thousands at some point anyway like these kind of weird like high concept sitcoms that Harry that, and the Hendersons Harry and the Hendersons things that kind of like the writing is 
like I think Third Rock was pretty good, but like most of the time the writing isn't good enough to, 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 <laughs> justify. to, to justify the high concept. The idea that like like at some point somebody would would give the go ahead to a sitcom where everybody's a dog shit. <laughs> And and the I stepped in a boot feels like exactly the kind of joke that would be in the pilot. <laughs> oh! that, that, that was the joke that got it picked up, yeah. and then they were like, "Fuck! Now we've got to keep this going until we get syndication." <laughs> What's that? Seven seasons? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, what uh, other so things happened to? Oh, you scraping got... a a boot off your foot. With a stick. Okay, yeah, Grandpa's gone all white. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, we got this. We got this. I think there's. I think this has legs. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Mom, where did I come from? Dog's anus. <laughs> yeah, I guess a dog's anus would kind of be like... God or like a queen, like the queen of the... Of the yeah, I guess. You know, like a queen bee would be the dog... Do you think they all came from one dog, or maybe they like they 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 worship the dog Zanus like they were people worship God? Like we're all dog Zanus children. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I suppose so. Like in maybe there is sort of one mythical. I'm trying to. Oh, don't worry. I, I had I had a glimpse of like a way that this could happen magically, mm. but uh, I, I lost it. I got distracted thinking back. To, to our alien civilization, that sort of thing, and the Hubble Space Telescope. And, and how, like, that when we, when, we, um, when we look at planets, we decide whether or not they're habitable, right? Like, we're, yeah. we're using all these things to infer if they're in the Goldilocks zone, if we could actually mm-hmm. live there, which is a bit of a generalization, isn't it? Like, it's just saying, like, oh, this planet is habitable. Yeah. Right. We're sort of generalizing to say that it's you know, it's probably habitable. You know what planets like in this area are like. They don't probably yeah, have habitable. Very, very you know? And I I guess I, I, the idea of a telescope that can can is is very powerful, but not so powerful as to be able to like make telespecifics. All it can do is make generalizations about <laughs> <laughs> about distant planets. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is funny. Um, but then, how? Like, I know how is this different to yeah, what the previous? Yeah, thing? I, I, I don't know. No, but well, the, I mean, the, the 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 previous one got pretty wild. It got and pretty broad, wild and there. you know, it got very broad. I mean, yeah. that, 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 you you could you could sort of imagine that on like a two and a half men. Yeah, when of... I when, obviously when I say broad, that's what I was meaning, yeah. Alistair. Yeah, I was yeah. meaning the broad comedy, the sort of the bums and boobs and farts. Yeah. that you took it to mean. I so. mean, whereas the dog shit concept <laughs> sitcom, that was kind of a more like that a bit was a more, more highbrow, niche, a bit more yeah. like a Frasier kind of, yeah, a, kind of know. a Frasier, but like you know, like on FX, yeah, you know? yeah, uh, no I mean, laugh track. <laughs> I mean, it would be great if one of the dog, if the, it's, it's ah, if the dog shit thing referenced all these other sitcoms. So one of them, like maybe the dad was like a radio psychologist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. And then another one, like I don't know, somebody worked in a, like one one worked in a bar, you know. So yeah. you can reference Cheers and 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 well, Frasier and well, well then it'd be great when somebody calls up the radio psychologist a dog, a dog and and tells them that they feel like shit. They feel like dog dog shit. I feel like absolute dog shit. Well, congratulations. Well, that's good. That. Bully for you. Ah, <laughs> oh. Roz. Roz. <laughs> 
Oh, Next like, caller. There's like a, it's like a kind of friends, like there's a will they, won't they mash their dog shit together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't written, have you written down this dog shit? Yeah, I got, you haven't, have you? it's written, yeah, it's dog shit concept sitcom. Oh, wow. I think, I think that's one of the best ideas we've had uh, Okay, so, but is that, I, I say like as a sketch, whether or not we could actually make it. Pro- probably we couldn't write, but we could definitely have the creators of the sitcom talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think you would have you would you could you could sort of. I mean, look. Obviously, this is in a in a situation where we have money, where we could make dog shit costumes. And obviously, like that. yeah. But but yeah, I think it would be like people talking about this show that they you know it was it was the nineties. You yeah. know, things were. You know, like like there was so much money. There was money around. going around. You know, there wasn't there wasn't streaming services and things like that. You know, yeah. that like people were willing to invest in crazy ideas. You know, Harry and the Hendersons was was doing really well. Yeah, and that's when I came up with it. Dog shit sitcom. Dog shit sitcom. <laughs> I stepped in a boot. <laughs> I'd I'd actually been in to pitch a um a uh a, 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 another script which was about a you know a, a, a scientist who invents a a, uh, a time travel machine and he goes back and forth interacting with himself in different periods of time. And, uh, anyway, the the executive told me that it was a, a complete pile of shit and as I was, I was leaving the uh, <laughs> the meeting, I thought, you know what? A complete pile of shit. Oh, that's an idea. That's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Look, I, I think... Because I, I, I just want to see more of this show. <laughs> Where everyone's a dog shit and they worship this, you know what? What would like what would that sitcom be like if it was like Roseanne, you know? And 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 people were going through yeah. what's a teenage dog shit going through? Yeah, well, I guess uh... <laughs> you know what would happen once the dog shit wins the lottery? Wow, you know that would, I, I feel like that would be sort of when the show jumped the shark a little bit when they made the dog shit family win the lottery. Yeah, and. <laughs> You know the the stuff that had grounded it into reality wasn't there anymore. We <laughs> when the dog Pe- shit visits Australia. <laughs> oh god! All right, we need to get one more. Yeah, and okay. then we will. We'll just need to get one. We more. just need to get all, one all more. We need is one more. Something. Come you know, on, obviously, buddy. we won't be able to get something as good as our dog shit idea. No, no. I mean, that's the uh, um, high jump is weird. Yeah. You know, like, I can't believe, yeah, yeah. first of all, how high people can jump. So high. <laughs> it's so, so, somebody, I think the highest can jump over, like, a door frame. Yeah, well, um, that's that's incredible. But the thing is that it's the Fosby flop that they're doing. Or yeah. Fos, Fosby? Flosby? Flimsby. Flimsy flap. The flimsy flap. Um, is what they're doing, yeah. right? So that... In order to become the best at jumping, mm. the way in which you have to jump is a, is a, is a form of jumping that is completely useless, right? Like, yeah. like we've... we've, we've <laughs> where you <laughs> land on your back. Where you land on your neck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So... That's true, yeah. Um, I guess there's a sketch in somebody trying to top the, the flopsby flop, flop or whatever it's called, mm, the flimsy mm. flop. Yeah. Um. That was an Australian that invented the flippy flube. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. And because because before then, 
It was all scissor kicks. It was all scissor kicks, and, and it really was just people jumping over a stick, which, looking back on it, just sounds stupid. You know, it's, it was amazing that it made it yeah. to the Olympics. <laughs> like, it wasn't amazing at all. <laughs> Obviously, before the scissor kick, there was the paper kick. And, uh, and? and Well, and then the scissor kick beat paper kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the flimsy flop, whatever <laughs> it was, the flopsy flop. I don't, I don't know. Is there a sketch in the in in the finding a new method? I guess that that seems. Yeah, um, and it's just got to the point, Alistair, where I feel like we've talked about everything before. I'm like, ah, oh, we've already done a sketch on the Fosby flop. Have we? I don't. I have no idea. What about? I have no idea. Some but guy just... who's like trying to revolutionize it, and he just he just has a car, and he's just he just goes <laughs> like he's just driving at the. At the big pad and the thing, and then somehow he flips the car. Like he 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 rolls the car. Like you know, he, so it's a big thing. He rolls the car. He gets flung out of the window yeah. over the thing. I don't know if you could, you know, because you can use a pole for for pole, pole vaulting. Pole. What about car a crashing roll? a car? Cat crashing and being a car catapulted. To... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was reading a um. A, uh, a report of a of an accident uh, in the paper was quite horrific, and actually, it, it said that the body had been thrown twenty meters from the car. And I thought, twenty meters? I reckon I could do thirty. That's good. <laughs> Jesus, that's. I mean, that's longer than any man's ever jumped. Yeah, and uh, I called up the the committee, the Olympic committee, and I said, "Is there anything in the rule book that says I can't be?" Being thrown, my body can't be being thrown clear of a crashing vehicle. Yeah, like if he's joining pole vaulting, yeah. and he's like, "Wait, wait, there's no rule that says that it has to be an actual pole, and yeah. that it can't be a car that is rolling on its side." Um, no, that's, that's is that kind of an that's idea? Kind of something. I mean, look, can I just look? I'll put a one and a two over the dash. That make it like a half idea. Sure, sure. Half, uh, yeah. Point 0.5. And, okay, well, what about um, also with the, with, the, with the high jump thing, right? Because I think, I think when he first did the, the flippy doob, um, people were like, oh, can you, can you even do that? And they were like, yeah, you, you can. Um, like the, the other people who had, who had tried other ways of, of doing the high jump like but that their strategies and I'm sorry this is such a dumb idea but their strategies involved taking the pole off and putting it down lower and jumping over it there you know and it, oh, it turned out that that actually was uh, not allowed under the rules yeah well you know you're allowed to like because you can touch the bar with your back, right? And as long as it doesn't fall off, I really? Think, I think so. I thought I thought you were. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think as long as it it's doesn't... pretty, it's pretty f um, f lightly on there. Like yeah, would... yeah, yeah. And so the idea, like, anyway, let's say you can. I have to, I have to make an assumption here because yep. I don't actually know the, yep. the rules. Wow. But let's say you can. Doesn't seem like us to go I think, in. I think you can. I think you can touch the bar, and as long as it doesn't f fall off, uh, you can. So. Somebody who invents a technique where, as you're jumping, you grab the bar, yeah. pull it below you, and flip it behind your back, sort of like a basketball, put it back up again. and then put it back up. What about somebody who invents a technique where, as they're jumping, they distract everyone in the stadium 
will all look away. Including the cameras. Including the cameras. Oh, look. You, as, as he's going up, he shouts, Oh, look, it's Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> and everyone swings around. When we turn back, he's on the mat. The, the bar is up. there. We just assume that he did it. And the thing was, he managed to keep us doing that all the way through all the, t- all the trials, all the way up to the Olympic grand final. Look, it's Marilyn Monroe. Look, it's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> it was a celebrity-obsessed culture at the time. We were all, everyone was, you know, hoping to see someone. You, you go to the Olympics to, to see and to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it, it didn't seem... But impl- mostly to see. It, it didn't seem, yeah, indeed. But it didn't seem implausible <laughs> that, that Joe DiMaggio could be there. But, of course, if he was there, you wouldn't want to miss him. That's you know, right. You wouldn't want to be the only person in the stadium who didn't check out Joe DiMaggio. And the, and the, and the person who's best, who's best uh, positioned to spot a celebrity in the, in the audience would be a person who's in the middle of the stadium. <laughs> yes. Sort of, uh, you know, looking around as they're about to jump highly. And so he from can... From that vantage point. From that vantage point, yeah. I guess it, it, maybe it makes more sense if it is a pole vaulter. You know, because they are so oh, high up. High up. <laughs> and we, I guess we all said to ourselves, you know, he's up there or he's on the pole. Maybe he has spotted Elvis in the crowd. <laughs> you know? I mean, nobody had seen Elvis for a few years. People He'd... were very hungry for news. <laughs> J.D. Salinger. Oh, of course, the great <laughs> man, a recluse. You know, J.D. Salinger, and he's putting the finishing touches on his new novel. You know? <gasps> Everybody he looks look- very satisfied with it. Well, of course, we're a very literary culture. You know, everybody's engaged with these kind of great writers. We're all going to take a look. Many of the people were there sitting there reading books. Yes. And they only looked up. That's <laughs> The people who weren't looking out for, for, for J.D. Salinger were actually looking down. And so that was another way that he could really get, a, get away with this. And um, to this day, like like... It's in a way, it's a it's a form of performance enhancement that isn't drugs, right? Or like, you know, is it is it, was he cheating? I mean, we don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, you know, was was Muhammad Ali uh, cheating when he did his rope a dope to distract the other boxer? Yes. You know, well, I, uh, it's it, it seems to be within the rules. You know, and as long as the other people are, you know, the audience are distractible or your opponent is mm, distractible, mm, mm. I think that seems to be a fair game. Yeah. It's a sleight of hand. It's misdirection. It's the magician's art. You know, and it's a, it's actually a lost art. A lot of the a lot of the pole vaulters these days just focus on the jumping. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there used to be so much more to this. <laughs> just now, you go along and it's jump, jump, jump. It used to be, and I can't help but feel that we've lost something. It used to be run, distract everybody <laughs> in the world who's possibly looking, and then somehow cheat the jump, and then land. I mean, the thing, the reality is that with our modern technology and with our constant surveillance and our, you know, our twenty-four hour culture and the phones, everyone's mobile phones, that sort of thing, this just can't be done anymore. Mm. It's it's no longer practical to distract the entire audience present. By just calling out the name of a celebrity, <laughs> and I, I, for one, feel that we've lost something. Yeah, I think the only way, really, these days—I mean, look, this is just speculative. Obviously, nobody's trying, like, uh, attempting this these days. But would be to, but I think if somebody was to go back to this technique, would be to um, 
to run with your pole towards the, uh, you know, towards the uh, the jumping uh, area, and then yell we should something. really come up with a name for that. Yes, yell something out that is so inspiring or or or, or reflective that it makes everyone look inwardly. Wow. Yeah. That even people who are staring at the cameras, uh, staring at their screens, watching this on on YouTube at home, momentarily they are taken out of this externally focused life that we have of constant uh, media consumption and constant um, uh, feedback and you know uh, uh, connection, Mm -hmm. and just to take a moment. To look within. Something that resonates so strongly. Yes. An epiphany. A so universal, profound. So, so profound that everyone is temporarily blinded mm. while they look inwards. And I mean, people who are listening on the radio may even crash because they hear this. and In their cars, and, yes. And pole vaulting will no longer be allowed to be broadcast along the radio waves. And it's... It's it's interesting to think that, you know, once upon a time that if somebody did come across such an epiphany as they have such a realisation that, you know, that they might have chosen to use that as a way to distract people to win at pole vault <laughs> <laughs> instead of in today's cynical culture where they'd probably use it to sell a self-help book or something like that. It's disgusting that people would use that it to make money. And, and it's rather an indictment than, yeah, rather, rather than, than to cheat at pole vault. Pole vaulting. <laughs> Um, I think I think that Buddha would have made a great pole vaulter, not in the physique, but in the the power of his simple wisdom to to make us to to take our eyes off off such things, you know, not not care about about who wins or loses. Because obviously, it would be very difficult to 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 see Buddha, who I think I think. When we talk about Buddha, we talk about the fat guy. Yeah. I think that's not Buddha. I think from what I've heard, that's not Buddha at all. What? Yeah. Um, Someone else? I think that is someone else. And I feel like, I I think I read it in a commonly, common misconceptions kind of thing recently. And I went, well. That is a very common misconception. It's very common. Yeah. Um, The... I guess that is technically the end, uh, and I think maybe we have. Oh yeah, we probably have gone for long enough. I did have one other thing that we could talk about that I remembered. Yes. Uh, I think I think this is there's a good. T- um, recently, there was a, you know, how, like maybe last year or something like that. There was studies that kind of came out that said, uh, you spending money on experiences yes. will definitely bring more joy into your life. Yes. Than spending money on material things. The important thing is that we're spending money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yesterday I was reading another article where it was saying what we've just uh we, we, there's been more studies since then looking at this and we found that uh the you get basically the same amount of joy out of both things. <laughs> because it's weird how do you distinguish when you buy an object? Yes. Isn't that in a way an experience? You're getting an experience. (laughs) If you buy a book, you know, you're getting the experience of reading the book. It's like if you buy, you know, a a television or a guitar, you are getting experiences out of it and different things like that. So it's like how how are you differentiating these things? And and you're basically just – it was just another kind of 
thing that came out like that mm. that is a whole lot of bullshit. Anyway, I don't think I don't know if there's a sketch. I mean, it's really interesting. Is yeah. it like like like? How would you do that? How would you separate the idea of an object from the experience well, guess, of getting and using that object? I guess you go like, well, look, the uh, the the book, the book. To be honest, I I was having a lot of fun with it um, when I bought it. First of all, I, well, first of all, when I when I bought it, that uh, brought a lot of joy in my life. Yeah. Right. Your mic just went off. I think. Well, maybe not. Try it. It is. Yeah. Crikey. Anyway. Forget that. We're coming back from technical difficulties. <laughs> and and we just we just want to move on. We just want right. to move we'll on. Put it all behind us. Get get our get our lives back in order. All right. So uh, here's today's ideas. We got uh, the Ac- Academy of Failure. This is uh, for people. It's like a, you know, look. It's a it's like a school for people who are, who are making things that are the like so bad that potentially it's good. Yes, potentially it could be the worst. But it is the worst. Yeah. But it, but but you get enjoyment out of it. Like it's not good in any way. But yes. It's, but you you get enjoyment out of it, and it's to get people to harness that uh, power to bring joy into people's lives through making something terrible because you're excelling at being bad. Very uh, well explained, Alistair. Thank you. Uh, then there's the celebrity dies, and the only person that is the, around to help investigate their death is their crazed stalker fan. Now, I think a lot of people listening to that will be like, is the twist at the end that it was the this, this crazed stalker fan who did the murder? Who did the murder. And I just want to make it clear that maybe. Oh, Andy, you're good. Yes. You're good. Do you think there's a Do you think there's an FX miniseries in this? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Netflix would pick this up like a fucking shot. Like that. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Bam. Sold. Sold. Oh man, this is great. This is gonna really change our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Have our first Netflix series. All right. Then we got a pan-galactic alien civilization. They come here to let us know that we just don't got that it. We're, that we're not gonna make it. Yeah. Um. That you know they. They've been around for a long time. They they make huge generalizations about different <laughs> p- parts of the universe, and they 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 can look at us and they know that what it takes to become a civilization that is pan galactic and and they just want to say look they just want to save us the trouble. Yeah, don't even bother trying. You can get way more enjoyment out of mm. out of just you know experiencing your lives and maybe focusing more on water slides. That is what really yeah. where 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 you guys have peaked. I'm such a big fan of water slides. Because, I mean, they could even tell us, they could even go here, like, you know all that quantum stuff, quantum yeah. computing and quantum stuff that you're going into? It's a dead end. Yeah. That actually oh. is not, you're not going anywhere with that. There's no there's no yeah. meat on that. Like, 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 and if there was, you guys wouldn't be the ones to find it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Uh, like, we've scanned your brain structures and, like, just the the level of cognitive ability to, like, mm. think outside the box, you... you, you you, you won't be able to get your heads around what needs to be done. You can't even make a computer that can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That is not even within your capability. Even groupthink. You know, even if you connected yourselves all together, mm-hmm. you couldn't do it. Which you couldn't do, by the way. Which you couldn't do, but we could. Yeah. Um, then we've got the dog shit concept sitcom. <laughs> Uh, where it's just a... It was a 90s sitcom. It was the 90s. Where everybody was a, a piece of dog shit. Or, you know, a whole dog shit. Um, and it all started off with the joke. I stepped on a boot. <laughs> ah, don't trace that through our house. Yeah, I'll track that through our house. Um, then we kind of got two half ideas, which is about uh, uh, 
high jump. Um, and and sort of somebody who was trying to find a, a way to yeah. improve on the uh, what was it called the flimsy flop there the fl- floppy yeah. flop yeah and uh, obviously the first half idea is the co- uh, guy who tries to do it by getting driving, thrown driving driving a car and then sort of quickly turning the wheel and then rolling the car and getting flung out the window mm. and going over like that uh, and then there's the person who uh, before jumping, points out a celebrity, <laughs> says, "There's a, there's Mickey Mantle, like that," and then everybody looks away. And then obviously, there's the future. I mean, that you know that that idea was given up upon, but there's the possibility of somebody going back and looking at that kind of old technique and thinking yeah. maybe there was something in that. Is there a way that I can bring that back? Bring that back, but he does it through coming, uh, bringing out an epiphany so profound that he says as he's running at the thing that everybody looks inward. And doesn't see his jump, and it's just momentarily they forget the the world mm. of shadows that is all that we normally perceive. Yeah, and he sees the, the they, they they briefly they witness the the the, the a, only real truth real. that is within. Yeah. yeah, and he has to come up with a new one of those every time he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and we still haven't established exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's not going over it at all, right? Maybe yeah. he's just running and jumping on the mat, but we'll never know. Yeah, we won't know. <laughs> and it's, and and you know, that's he has to do a lot of meditating to come up with yeah. these, especially because you know each event has at least three jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and I think his opponents couldn't even really begrudge him, you know, because he's obviously done the work, and because and he's brought so much depth to their lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, in a way, it's like... Is he physically fit, do you think, this guy? I guess he doesn't need to be. Yeah. But he does have a team of monks working with him behind the scenes, I guess. Maybe that's it. Maybe he is. he was originally a monk. He is just a monk. Mm. But he always wanted to be an elite sports person. So, he's, he's a, using... He's a monk with a huge ego. Yeah. Who wants to succeed. He wanted it all. He yeah. wanted everything. He wanted to dissolve the ego, but at the same time, have... <laughs> Have the biggest. How ego can to I dissolve. use dissolving the ego as a path to fame? Yeah, <laughs> and that is a uh, this the Buddha story episode. Um, so boom, boom, Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. Um, we uh, we we really do appreciate it. Yeah, Thank, I do. Uh, please please follow us on Twitter. I'm st- at Stupid Old Andy. I'm at Alistair TB. We are at Two in Tank. You can check out at Planet B Casting. Yeah, and just Planet Broadcasting. Check out all their podcasts. Uh, uh, the Weekly Planet. <laughs> this check is the worst <laughs> bit of the show do where Alistair on. tries to remember the other podcasts. Do go on. Tofop is now on there. Tofop. Tofop. Yeah. Check those out. Uh, <laughs> don't you know who I am? If, yeah, don't you know who I am? Uh, Steel, Steel Wars. wars. <laughs> um, the, the, filthy Casuals. Filthy Casuals are on there. Check those guys out. They're doing some great <gasps> what stuff a, what with a video stable. games. What a stable. It is a real stable of good quality, mm. good quality podcasts and people. And uh, you know what? We, we love, love you. you. Thanks, George, for producing the podcast. Thank you, George Matthews. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.